Okay. There we go. All things. Now we're in shape. Well, it's good to see everybody again. Jeepers. You had it all. You know, you have it all set up and you think you think you're gonna be cool and then it just there it goes. Well, good morning. I hope uh, everybody's doing well. Uh, just enjoying being with you guys. It's been it's been interesting doing this because I'm just sitting here looking at a camera, and it's a good thing that I get my beautiful wife and my lovely little little girl next to me to sing with me because it makes it a lot easier. <laughs> it would be weird if it was just me sitting here, but let's get stuff out of the way. There we go. Now it's just me. Now it's just me. Well, as you can see, I want to talk about all things this morning, the power of defining moments. Um, I just kind of I wanted to talk about all things, and I want to talk about what all things means to us, um, how all things affect our day-to-day, and how all things tend to define our lives. Um, I want to talk about one scripture. You guys can probably figure out what it is already. Um, it, it talks about all things. And uh, one one of those scriptures that builds us up in all things and creates moments of success. But one scripture that sometimes we might feel like it kind of weighs us down or it might, might uh, you know, make us feel bad or might make us feel like we don't have everything it takes, I guess. Um, but... Hopefully it's going to be good. I hope you guys don't mind that reverb because it loses a little bit of volume. Um, so you're just going to have to hear me echo, 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 echo. Um, that scripture obviously is Philippians 4.13. A wild story. I went over to the church because I had to get a, a cord for this morning because I'm still trying to f- add things and get stuff going. But uh, I went over to get a cable, and as I was driving by St. Mike's down on 5th Street, I cruise by, and what would happen to be on their little digital sign that they have out in front of their church, but Philippians 4.13. And it says, I just thought that was pretty cool that it was on there as I was driving by, just a little confirmation for me. Most everybody here knows the, the new King James version or the, you know, the, the traditional version of it. It says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And then... Then there's uh, the, the New Living Translation. I kind of like this one because it simplifies it a little bit for us, you know, common American English-speaking folks. It says, for I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. But most of you guys know if you've ever heard me speak before, if you've ever heard me talk, one of my favorite translation is this, the, the, the Passion Translation just because uh, he's done such an exceptional job. He, he's combined multiple languages and kind of put it all together in a uh, super poetic way. So hope, hopefully you can be able to read this because this, those two scriptures from different versions, it gets a little bit longer when we get into the passion, but it's so cool. You're, you're going to love it. So it says, I know what it means to lack, and I know what it means to experience overwhelming abundance, for I'm trained in the secrets of overcoming all things whether in fullness or in hunger, and I find that the strength of Christ's explosive power infuses me to conquer every difficulty. How cool is that? 
way, way more expounded and way, I just really liked how it brought in, uh, you know, lack and abundance, fullness and hunger. And it just talks about the explosive power that's infused in us through Jesus and through his name that we get to just declare greatness. We get to declare goodness and just, we can be loud with uh, his glory and with his power. And so, I just really liked how that brought in the things. And I was just thinking, you know, in these these kind of these times that we're in, these crazy experiences that we're having right now, these like, you know, you keep hearing the word unprecedented, but it really is unprecedented. Basically, nothing like this has ever happened before. I mean, we've had sicknesses, we've had diseases, you know, the 1918, that whole, that thing went down. So it's not new, but the way that we're experiencing it is new. And I know that a lot of times, you know, all things seems can can just seem difficult sometimes, and it can think it can seem like in the ups and downs it can just seem really tough and so that 's why I just wanted to talk about all things today because you know Paul went through some stuff right I mean Paul had some some horrible days, prisons, beatings you know, shipwrecked, all that, all the different things that he experienced in his life. And this is the guy that still wrote this, that he says, I can do all things. I can, I can be in lack and I can be in abundance and I can be in hunger and I can be in fullness and all of it, all of it, quarantine or not, it's all infused with the power, the explosive power of Jesus uh, to help us conquer every difficulty. So, Basically, what I wanted to do is kind of talk about one of the things that I, I really enjoy doing is creating defining moments. I read I read a book about it a, a while ago, just called "The Power of Defining Moments." I think it was, or just "The Power of Moments." Uh, I should have wrote that down, but anyways, um, it, it was really just um, just really awesome because it was uh, it, it talks about just creating defining moments and creating situations in your day-to-day that um, that help us to um, just kind of overcome and kind of kind of these things the, the things that Paul was talking about in moments of lack and in moments of abundance we can we can actually um, do things in a certain way or we can um, approach our life in a certain way that we can actually create defining moments, things that stand out for ourselves, things that stand out for other people, things that just stand out and above by just living our life in certain ways. And one of the things that I always say around my house is that it's, it's a good life, always. And when people ask me when I'm out on, you know, how you doing today? Oh, it's a good life. That's my response. And I think th- that that little statement, those moments of me saying it's a good life, those things create defining moments. See, w- defining moments don't have to be these huge, dramatic, overwhelming moments, even though a lot of times they tend to be. But they can be little, mo- little small moments that we can create into our day and uh, just start moving forward in those things. So I kind of wanted to just in regards to all things, the ups, the downs, the lack, the the fullness, the abundance, the hunger in 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 reference to all things, I kind of want to just talk about developing and 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 trying to encourage you and trying to break, cause you to be hopeful and cause you to feel excitement about your day-to-day and cause you to feel excitement about 
who it is you are and, and that explosive power of Jesus Christ that's in you. Um, and it try to just kind of build moments. So I, I kind of want to break down like, um, I'm using one word that they described in, on the way that the, the book described, um, but I'm kind of, uh, adapting it to what we're doing here for today. So these are four elements of a defining moment. So I can just kind of break it down for you first. So one of the first key elements of a defining moment is uh, elevation. So rising above the normal. Basically, um, an elevating an elevating moment is kind of like it's not just like you know the it's it goes above and beyond the the typical like uh, you know you're driving down the road and the 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 finger raise that we do here in North Dakota and a lot of Midwest states you got your hand on the steering wheel and the little that right there as you drive past the other person on the, the old dirt road it goes beyond the the nod or the you know the the kind of tip of the hat that we do around town as we see each other it goes beyond those things it's it's it rises above the daily work schedule or even with our kids it breaks the mold of their daily routine so you see it, it elevates a moment that moment is elevated if that makes any sense to you and i was thinking about you know biblical references to this stuff so that we can kind of i'm going to use big ones so that we can just i want us to feel it in a big way so that I can encourage you to start thinking in a big way. And so I was thinking about an elevated moment. I was thinking about Peter, you know, looking out onto the stormy sea and seeing Jesus or what he thought was a ghost walking towards him at the time. And, and think about that moment because I guarantee you for the rest of that guy's life, he will never forget that moment when Jesus came walking to him on the water. And he's never going to forget the couple steps that he took either. That's a defining moment. See, that moment, you know, Peter being a fisherman and all that stuff, there's hundreds of times. Daily, he's out on the ocean. Daily. And I guarantee you, that was most likely the only time he ever saw somebody walking on the water towards his boat. And many times that he'd been out on the boat fishing, many times he'd been out doing that thing day to day to day to day to day. But then Jesus walks up and creates a defining moment for him. He elevated the normal and created a defining moment for him. One of the one of the other things that um, is a key to a, a defining moments is insight. This is rethinking ourselves and the world around us. This is kind of like um, you know a defining moment is something that causes causes us to rethink the way we see ourselves or the world around us. I was thinking maybe like kind of like a beautiful sunset. Uh, you know, you're, you're driving home and you see a sunset. A lot of times at the airport, I see sunsets and or sunrises, depending on what shift I'm on that week. But a lot of times you see these things and it's just incredible to see the creation of God. And you see the sun go up and you see it come down every single day. So it's not something new but in those moments where we actually can consider ourselves, you start thinking about your relationship to Jesus or you think your relationship to the world around you, all because you stop to look at something. It's those moments of insight, those moments that bring us a sense of, of, of motivation or a sense of um, you know, being a part of something bigger, I guess, if that makes sense. Um, 
like a surprise gift to a friend. You know, that's a lot of the thing that's going around right now is the quarantine fairies are running around all over town. People are dropping stuff off on people's steps because we miss each other so much that we want to just do something for each other. We want to just give a gift to people and, and be able to do that. So that's a, that's a defining moment for those people that received your gift if you've done that. Or if you haven't, maybe this will encourage you to go do something like that. Um, you know, I keep. I wanted to keep bringing in kids in this because I know there's a lot of moms that listen. But you know, like if you have little kids, just stopping in the middle of what you're doing, taking a knee and squeezing your kid, that gives them insight. It gives them wisdom into the fact that they're loved. They know they're loved and they love. They're loved every day again. But it's a little moment taking a knee and elevating. And, and elevating that moment and giving them insight into who you think they are, saying something special about who they are. And I was thinking about biblically, again, something, a defining moment for the Ephesians would be when the letter from Paul showed up, right? I mean, how wild would that be? You're just sitting there trying to be the Christian that, you know, that he kind of taught you to be the last time he was by, and then all of a sudden he sends you a letter that gives you life-altering information that just all of a sudden now, you know, you know about this, you know about that, you know about all these different things that he he couldn't possibly have taught in an hour-long sermon or whatever. I don't know how long Paul spoke, but you get the point. And so that just gets crazy to think that we're just sitting there minding our own business, and then all of a sudden a letter comes. So I want you to think about that as, a, as an option, just as this time that we're in, writing a letter. I got a list of people that I want to write a letter to. I'm not going to do it old school. I'm going to do it on paper and I'm going to try anyways. So I'm saying it out loud so that I can help myself. Um, uh, one of the next key elements to, uh, defining moments is pride. This is the good kind of pride, not the gross, um, pride that we want to banish out of ourselves but this is the kind of like that that shows us that it shows us responding at our peak behavior these these are like great achievements this is like a graduation or um you know those things that define who we are that moment where we stood up for ourselves for the first time or the this the, the moment that you know just a courageous act or you know it could be something big or something small great achievements parents do this with their kids all the time this one was cracking me up cuz i was thinking about this your kid brings you the scribbling you know they drew all over a piece of paper it's just chaos on the paper but all parents do a really good job of saying, that's beautiful. That's great. That's the best drawing I've ever seen in my life. That is so cool. And the cool part about it to me is that they actually mean it because it's the first time, you know, maybe it's the first time that their kid brought them a drawing. And and that moment is like, this, this is the most beautiful thing at that time that you've ever really seen because they hadn't done it to that point, defining moments. And then by us telling that kid, that's beautiful. That's the greatest thing I've ever seen. That creates a defining moment for them, a moment of pride for them that they can carry that into the next drawing and the next drawing and the next drawing. And then, you know, then we end up with uh, crazy kids like Faith who can draw and Sela who can draw like exceptionally. Both of those girls can draw. And it, it's, you know, I'd, I'd like to think it's because we told them that they were good at it. Um, it might sound crazy, but I think that's how life works. Because when people tell me I'm good at something, it feels good. And I try to do it better because I want to get complimented again. Because we all love to be complimented. 
and one of the, the the fourth and one of the biggest ones to me, I think the biggest um, key factor to defining moments is that connection, um, relying on each other. I'm pretty sure you'll be hard pressed to find any defining moment that didn't involve somebody else. And if you were by yourself, it probably had God involved in it, I'm going to guess. So there was a connection that happens. There's connection that happens in defining moments that we rely on each other so much. And that's what's making this thing so crazy, this, this, this hard time we're in because we're not able to be together. But we're able to connect this way to where you guys can see me. I can see your comments. I, you know, we can talk to each other in certain ways. But, man, we miss, we miss the hugging and we miss the high-fiving and we miss the, the, the real eye contact, you know, because it does something to us. And so, you know, this has been tough and it's been a really kind of – it's been hard on a lot of people. It's been – Easy for some, hard for others, but it's, you know, it is what it is. And this is what we're doing for now until we get up out from under this thing. And God's going to do that for us. He's going to do it through a miracle or he's going to do it through the discovery of science because that's how God works and he's awesome. But defining moments. Oh, I'm sorry. I I missed one thing, but it's okay. But the biblical type of uh, reference back on on pride, you know, I was thinking of... um, uh, Saul killed his hundreds and David killed his thousands or Saul killed his thousands. David killed his ten thousands. That's what it is. I was thinking about that. That's a sense of, that's a moment of pride, you know, for David in that people were singing songs about him and all that stuff. And, you know, he probably took it the wrong way, but it was also a moment, a defining moment in his life that created something. But again, he was with people in that and he was connected and he was, um, those people were singing about him. So those defining moments are also relying on each other in that, that moment. But you know, the moments, these, these, um, defining moments, uh, um, almost always happen with another person or a group of people. These moments, they level us up because we did it in community. Um, we did them with each other. You know, one of the common phrases, you know, if there's something, where were you when? You know, you think of just moments in history. Where were you? You can remember, you know, where you were, uh, you know, if if you have a team that won a Super Bowl. <laughs> Us Vikings fans, mm, yeah, not yet. We'll get there, though. But, you know, I remember, like, as a Vikings fan, I can – it's only a couple years old, but I, I remember where I was when I saw, you know, the miracle catch that happened in uh, – um, in Minnesota when they were playing New Orleans. I can remember that. Or, you know, I'm sure, like, if, if you know, Lena was listening, she can remember sitting in a room watching uh, a Super Bowl with her family of the Niners when they were winning their Super Bowls back in the day. You know, she can remember those moments that really defined her. They defined her family. They defined a lot of different things. And so it, it's kind of like um, – uh, you know, the biblical descriptions, kind of like uh, several that I've already mentioned, they all really involved other people. But I was thinking about Jesus. You know, you can break these down. I, I thought this was cool. So Jesus teaching and feeding the 5,000 or the 120 that were gathered, gathered when the fire fell of the Holy Spirit or just the 12 that walked and talked with Jesus or, and then just the burning bush moment that we've probably all had something similar where we're hearing the Lord speak to us and it's just Moses and God alone. So you see that, like all that breakdown of connection that happens in defining moments. Um, and it's just, 
such a cool thing to 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 be involved in defining moments and to try to establish them and to live out this all things life to live out this to have peace and to have courage and to have zeal and to have just um uh, just a great amount of passion in everything that we do, even if we're in lack or if we're in abundance, if we're in fullness or hunger, that we can just keep living out this all things life. Um, so just to keep encouraging you that this is about encouraging you in creating defining moments for yourselves, creating defining moments for others and just other different types of situations. Um, one of the things I wanted to do is because all, not all defining moments are created equal. You know, some, some defining moments have a dark side. So the dark side of defining moments, you know, I want to talk about like he's talking about lack and he's talking about hunger. He's talking about not having everything he needs. He's talked about shipwrecks. He talked about, you know, all the stuff that I mentioned earlier. He talked about all those things because he went through them. But all along he was talking about having that explosive power of Jesus in him, even in those moments, even in moments like right now. And, uh, I wrote this, I'm going to have to read this to you because it's really cool. I wrote this out because it was just a thought that I've had for myself and I, I kind of developed it into, um, just a sentence of sorts, I guess, a paragraph. So I, I think one of the biggest things that happens to us as Christians is that we actually start to believe we can do all things through Christ. And then when we try to do something and it doesn't go well or it doesn't look like we wanted it to look and then we throw the whole thing away and we stop believing for anything. That that's classic me. I could tell you that right now. I'm like, "Yeah, I can do all things. I got it all." And then I step out to do that thing and I go try to do something, right? And then and then it doesn't go the way that I thought it was. So then, well, I'm throwing the whole thing out. This is no good. And then I don't try to do anything after that. And a couple examples, you know, just quick examples. Like the first time, the very first time in my life that I walked up to somebody out in the street and said, hey, you know, I believe in a God who's big and I believe that he can do miracles and I believe that he can, you know, break into your life right now. I was just wondering if there's anything that I could pray for you. And the very first time I did that, uh, the, the lady looked back at me and she said, oh, I don't do that stuff. So no, thanks. And she walked away. And that was my, my moment of, I believe I can do all things through Christ. And so I went out, stepped out on this little ledge, you know, and, you know, I was nervous and scared. I've never asked anybody, what am I going to say when it's time to pray? I do all that stuff. So I go out to do all things. And then that something doesn't go the way that I thought it would. And so then I just threw out the whole thing for a long time. I didn't ever ask anybody again, just because I was like, well, nobody likes that because that one lady, (laughs) that one lady told me she didn't do that. So I was like, well, everybody in the entire universe will never want me to pray for them ever. So I'm never going to try it again. And I think we, I think a lot of us probably act that way. Hopefully, I'm not the only one. But I think it just that's it, it's a crazy thing that happens. It's one of the again the dark side of defining moments. Um, you know, another one, a big one for me is the time you know I was praying over one of my sick kids and they weren't healed. You know, because healing doesn't happen all the time. I wish it would, but it doesn't. Doesn't work that way. I wish I could figure that out for you. I wish I could, but I don't think that's a thing that we're ever going to figure out until Jesus comes back. And hopefully we can ask him those kinds of questions. Um, But, you know, 
that was one where I prayed for one sick kid and they weren't healed. So then for a long time, this was back when they were little, uh, little ones. And it's just like, you know, you throw that whole thing out again. Well, there's a defining moment. You see, like, well, that defining moment that defined my choices for the rest of my life. Well, not the rest. I'm over-exaggerating. But for the rest of the the, the future that was behind me because ahead of me because I'd start. Well, I prayed last time, and they weren't healed, so why pray again? And I learned that persistence is what s- solves that problem. Um, and a persistence and understanding also that. It's not going to happen every time, but if I don't do it, then it's not going to happen at all. So hopefully that might encourage you. But one of, one of the things I remember very specifically, a defining moment, I kind of wanted, I, I just felt like the Lord wanted me to tell small parts of my story. I have a long testimony because I've been around the block 13, 14 times probably. <laughs> um, but I wanted to talk about a, a moment when, I was at Cold Lake, Canada, another Air Force story for those that were with me earlier. Um, uh, I was in Cold Lake, Canada. We were on, we were just up there for doing some TDY, like mission, doing some mission stuff. And um, now, mind you, at this moment in my life is one, is one of my times around the block. So I was, um, I would consistently and on a daily basis I was drinking heavily um just wild you know I grew up in a good house so why not go bananas <laughs> doesn't make any sense but that's the way it goes sometimes um so it just you know I was just kind of rebellious I was against everything I was in the air force so I wasn't super rebellious but I didn't like following the air force's rules either I like to uh I've kind of always been that way. I'm going to just kind of stay along the side of the rules so that I can try to maintain this belief about myself that, you know, I'm a rebel without a cause or something. I don't know how to word that, but, you know, you you get the point. So here I am. I'm in Cold Lake, and it's one of those nights where I'd been drinking a lot, and uh, we tried to get into this club, and... um in Canada, well, at least when I was there and where I was at, they had a law that, you know, once it was 1 a.m., the doors were closed, but you could still, if everybody was inside, they could stay inside until, I don't even remember, it was like 3 or 4 in the morning. But you had to be in by 1, and if you weren't in by 1, then you were out of luck. Well, we got there at like 12.58, 12.59 by my watch. And uh, the the bouncer at the front door was saying his watch was different, and so they weren't letting us in. And I, I tried to, like, talk him into it. I tried, I'm like, dude, just let, you know, come, you know, I'm, I'm yeah, I was, I get, well, drunk is the right word, I guess. Um, But so, the, you know, there I am. I'm sitting there trying to talk to the guy. Come on, man, let us in, let us in. You know, I'm, be, I'm bugging, and he's like, nope, not going to do it. It's against the law. We're not going to throw our license away because you dummies want to get in here, you know. And it was me and a couple other guys that were there. One of the guys that was with us was a uh, staff sergeant. He was a, uh, you know, he's uh, he outranked me by one stripe. Uh, he was an NCO, and I was still a senior airman at the time. So he he had me by one stripe, and uh, he he was kind of a he was a good guy. He was one of the one of the better guys of the bunch, you know. Um, and uh, so he starts telling, "No, leave him alone. Come on, 
Tinder, Tinder, come on, let's go, leave him alone, Tinder. And I get more persistent because I'm persistent. And so I kept trying to get in. And then he starts kind of p- pushing me in and shoving me out. This is this the staff sergeant. He kind of starts shoving me and pushing me out the door and trying to get me away from them, the guys. And then so that, of course, you know, I, I struggle now being a nice person and being a kind-hearted Christian man. I struggle now with people putting their hands on me still. So, I mean, I, I got a little aggressive, started he pushing me back. He was pushing me back, pushing me back. And then uh, I have to tell the story. So this is what this, because this is what I was asked to do. So I'm doing it. So he's pushing me back, pushing me back, pushing me back. And the whole time I'm, I'm yelling, keep your hands off me, saying it in a non, non-church, the non-church version. Keep your hands off me, keep your hands off me. I'm holding my arms out, hold my arms out. And he pushed me, like, literally all the way across the parking lot while I was pushing back against him. So I wasn't acting right. He wasn't. You know, he's shoving me across the parking lot. And finally, I got fed up with him. I was trying so hard to not do anything, trying so hard not to fight back this guy. But I was pushing back with my chest but not touching him, right? And finally, it just, it just, I had enough, I guess, at that point. And uh, I just... I kept telling him, keep your hands off me, keep your hands off me. He didn't do it, I had enough. And so I took my the palms of my hands and I put them on his chest and I popped him back probably like three or four feet. And then after I pushed him back, he came at me with hands and he hit me on top of my head like four or five times. At least this is how I remember it. So he t- pop, 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 hits me on top of my head and then that was the end of it for me. You know, I was trying to be civil by just pushing them off of me, but he hit me on top of my head. And so I, I did what I did and, and, uh, started throwing my hands back at him. And, uh, so all that said, so then they finally, I was like, ah, whatever. And they dragged me off of him. My, my direct supervisor was there and he hauled me off of him. And then it all just turned to craziness, you know, how fights go and, Everybody was mad, screaming, you know, all that stuff. Well, so then we just go back to our trailers because we were living in trailers for the trip. Um, So we go back to the trailers, whatever. I don't think it's a big deal because it's something that I've done my whole life because I was just kind of a fighter my whole life. And so it wasn't anything that I thought of that was going to be that big of a deal. Well, the next day we get called in front of the first sergeant and it's me and this, this guy that, well, how I feel was fighting with me just as much, but it probably wasn't that way. But what do you know? Who knows? He was pushing me. I pushed him back, and that's how life goes in some situations. And so here we are standing up, uh, standing. We, he has the first sergeant's got us both standing at attention. And then all of a sudden, he puts the other guy, he says, you stand at ease, but you stay at attention. And talking to me, you stay at attention. And so I stood at attention, and then he's, this guy was standing at ease, and then the first sergeant just unloaded on me and just started screaming at me, yelling at me, telling me that I was uh, useless, telling me that, you know, all these different things, calling me a bunch of different names and telling me that I, I'm stupid and that I, I, waste, I, I wasted time. Like, you know, what, look, at, look at what we're doing and all these different things. It's crazy. Just the stuff that uh, he was saying about me, you know. And uh, it was just a crazy crazy moment in my life and it was a dark side of the defining moment it was one of those dark defining moments for me 
because of how I saw myself and how he saw me and the things that he said to me. And that, like, that moment right there, that probably changed me forever, that moment. I think it, I changed the, the way, I changed the way that I think about other people. It changed the way, because I felt like I got snitched on too, you know, so there's that whole thing. So it changed the way I saw other people, because I've always, in, in times of trouble or when I've been, the times that I've broke the law, I've always been honest about it. I've always been straight up with, with whoever, the bosses, the, uh, the police, my mom and dad, I've always been honest about it. And one of the other things I've never done is I've never snitched on anybody else. Even if I had information, I just didn't do it. It's just a thing. And so that moment shook me, man. It shook me to my core. It shook everything about me. It changed me. It changed the way that I see other people, the way that I respond to other people. And it made me cold, like cold. Like just I was mean, rude, didn't care what anybody thought about it. it this is it. This is, you know, like I just said what I feel. I'm going to do what I feel. And if you don't like it, then you can deal with your own consequences because it's not going to change me. This is who I am. It, it pushed me over the edge. And it was, you know, it's, it was opposite of all the four key moments. It was declining. It wasn't elevating. And it was, a, you know, my pride became negative pride in myself. And it, the insight that I got was negative insight about other people. And that connection that I had with people got tainted for a really long time. And some of it's still in me from that moment. Some of it's still, you know, the the there's times where I say things that are, mean and cruel and I don't mean them to be that way there's but it just it's a a habit or a bad trait of mine that I've st- I'm still working on and this is this was like 99 I don't know that was forever ago it's like 20 years ago and so there's you know just all these things man it's crazy it's just crazy defining moments and there's a lot of you I know that have had defining moments that are on the dark side and I want to tell you that I'm coming out of that, you know, like I'm still trying, like I was just saying now, like, even though I still have some, you know, some of that stuff in me, boy, oh boy, you can ask Lena, she met me at like the peak of that moment, like people were afraid to come in my room, I don't know how I got Lena to like me, to 100% honestly, I have no idea how I got my wife to like me at the time, other than I'm confident, and I guess I had that going for me. Um, so, you know, but these, these moments happen, you know, these moments of lack, these moments of hunger, these moments of disappointment. And then I think it's what we do with those moments afterwards. So I even want to encourage you as, as you move forward from today, like as you move forward into the rest of your day and you, you might even be thinking of some of those dark moments right now, um, trying to find yourself like I'm doing right now and like I have been over the last 20 years, trying to find the truth of who I am through different various, you know, going to church, uh, communicating with people, having small groups, having friends that I can uh, interact with and, and, and learn how to behave the right way and learn how to behave in a way that would be honoring to God and, er, and learn how to be, be a good father, be a good this, all these different things, even though I had these moments that could have changed me forever, you know, which little pieces of me were changed forever that moment because they defined kind of my personality ever since then. And so some of the things came out good and some of it came out bad, but I could have, I could have been a monster to my family 
but I'm, a sense of pride for me is I feel like I'm a pretty darn good dad. And a lot of people tell me the same thing. And so, you know, I was broken when I came into this, this family thing. And I was able to overcome it, and I was able to take steps to do it. And so I want to encourage you today to take those steps to overcome these these dark, defining moments. And if, you know, if you need somebody to pray with you, Pastor Terry's awesome. I, I'm good. I got a lot of stuff going on. I'll help you too. I'm not saying I won't, but I I got four kids and... I'm still working for right now anyways. So there's, and I got it, but, but I don't know why I'm saying all that. This is dumb. I want to pray for you too. So you can text me, you can Facebook message me. I was just saying, I'm not a good replier to people. I'm not very good at replying, but if you, if you hit me up, you guarantee I read it. I'm going to be praying for you. Um, but I, I just wanted to kind of mention those moments because I wanted to, I just felt like the Lord wanted wanted people to know that, you know, guys like Pastor Terry and and myself and and you know Pastor Suzette or Lena, like the, we came about this life that we're living through hard work, dedication, and and um, just dedication to the cause because we create defining moments. I think is what makes us good. So I wanted to kind of just talk about the future of defining moments. So let's talk about the fullness and abundance, because like I said, I walked through those moments. I walked through the, just the dark side of who I was after that moment into this, this good guy who cares about people deeply and wants people to improve on their lives and wants people to have confidence and wants people to, to know who they are. And I did it through persistence and through just hard work on loving my wife, hard work on loving my children. Because if anybody, well, you know, I, loving is easy, but it's hard work to do it right, if that makes sense. Um, uh, so I just wanted to talk about just creating moments for yourself. It's talking about fullness and abundance. It's time to take hold of our future. Uh, you are trained, like the, the Passion Translation said, you are trained in the secret of overcoming all things. You're trained in that because you read, you, you know, you're coming here, you're sitting here with me, you're reading your Bible, you're doing, you're praying, you're doing all that stuff. You're trained. You're trained in overcoming all things. You're infused with the explosive power of Jesus Christ. You have... This, if you have Jesus in you, oh boy, you have the explosive power. It may not come out like it comes out of my mouth or Pastor Terry's mouth. It may not come out aggressive or it may not come out you know, super powered or anything like that. But remember that there's power even in the whisper of God. There's power in the whisper of God just as much as there's power in the thunder of God. So don't belittle yourself if you have a small voice. Do not belittle yourself if you uh, are are timid. Don't belittle yourself if you're a whisperer because there's power in the whisper. I'm telling you right now, there probably might even be more power in the whisper than there is the thunder. So don't let that happen. Don't let that get you down. You are infused with the explosive power of Jesus Christ. And it's time, it's time to look at the world from a different light and to start creating defining moments. We've been talking about defining moments, but it's time for us to start creating them. That's why I kind of told you those four steps. Elevating, insight, um, pride, and, and co- uh, connection. Uh, those four things. I told you those four things so that you can have these steps that you can 
kind of look around at your life and start seeing where you can create defining moments for yourselves. I want, us to, I want us to start creating defining moments for, like I said, ourselves, our families, our co-workers, um, new life in general, just, you know, as a church, when we get back into it together, even now, like uh, on here, like you can create defining moments right on here where you could tell somebody that they're beautiful. You could tell somebody that they're art, you know, you could tell somebody that they're they're awesome. Just anything that you want to do, you can tell people that. So for new lifers to just start grabbing moments when we see each other on Sundays, to start grabbing those moments and to not let them pass as just another time to step into the church and do the thing that we do. But it's a moment. Every set of worship that I lead, I 100% wholeheartedly believe that fire is going to fall from heaven. Hasn't happened yet in the physical way that we might have seen in, you know, the in the upper room, but I believe it every single time. And so I go into every set hoping to create a defining moment in every song or every, every words, all that stuff. I, I set out with the intention that God is going to change everything as soon as we start strumming the chords. I just believe that wholeheartedly. And also, like I always talk about our grand city, talking about our grand city. And for those of you that are watching in your own cities, your own cities, bringing fire in your own cities, bringing that explosive power of Jesus Christ that strengthens you into your own communities. But for our grand cities, our grand cities, new lifers, the east side, for those some that live on the east side, there's some that live on the North Dakota side, this community is ours for the taking in a positive way. And your community, wherever city you're at, is, is alive and it's ready for the taking. So Start creating defining moments for people as you're walking out. Tell them they look, you're awesome. Hey, you know what? I like you. You got a cool face. I don't know. Different things. Those are the different things that I say to people. Hey, you're awesome at your job. Thank you for being uh, an incredible, uh, you know, grocery dude. Uh, Thanks for doing what you're doing today. Thanks for being here, you know, making me food when... With this whole quarantine thing is going on. Thanks for doing this for me. Just being a positive person to the to the city around you. It's just the way to go. It's the way to be. So, you know, I want to encourage you to be creative, to be innovative. If you have thoughts or ideas, inspirations, all that stuff, I want you to throw them at us. I don't want you to just kind of, you know, like I said, the small voices. If you think you don't have enough money, you don't think you have enough smarts, you don't think you have enough this, you don't think, like all these different things, those things, just throw ideas out. If you got an idea for new life, throw it out here on the Facebook chat. If you got an idea for new life, email it to Pastor Terry, and we'll see. Maybe we'll do all of them, maybe we won't do any of them, because, you know, leadership is leadership, and that's the way life works, but it doesn't diminish your idea. I want you to just be encouraged in in making choices that are going to change your own house. They're going to change your inner workings of your own body. They're going to or your own mind. They're going to change the inner workings of your own homes, and inner workings of new life as a whole, or your own church that you attend. Just set out to change everything every day, and everything will start changing around you. I promise, because you can do all things. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. You have. All these possibilities ahead of you for defining moments for your kids, for your you know, loved ones. Maybe there's somebody you haven't spoke to in years because of something that happened like my story. You know, If I could get a hold of that guy, I would. 
I don't. Uh, I probably could find them on Facebook, but if I could get a hold of them, I don't. I don't think the guy that I want to talk to doesn't matter. I'm thinking out loud, but the idea is that if you have a family member or you have somebody you haven't spoke to in a long time or somebody that hurt you a long time ago, man, they don't know that they're unforgiven. They don't know, like, you're the only one that's hurting over it most of the time. And a, a lot of conversations can change everything. And so I just wanted, wanted to encourage you guys. I wanted to tell you that you're awesome. I wanted to tell you that you're beautiful. I wanted to tell you that you have value, that you have worth, that you have something exceptional inside of you that is going to change the atmosphere everywhere you go. There's something beautiful inside you that when we let it out, it changes everything. It literally changes everything. So start creating defining moments for yourself and for your family and all that stuff I keep mentioning. Just just make an effort. Find the little things. Start with the little things, and then as the little things start growing in you and that realization and the revelation of the different moments that you can create, you'll start seeing bigger ones. You'll start seeing... Uh, bigger options. You'll start having grander ideas. You'll start having all these things because that's that's how it works. Little moments become big moments as we start stepping out into this. So just I wanted to encourage you guys in that. You guys are just amazing people, and I'm so proud to be a part of New Life and so proud to be a part of our city. I'm so proud to be a part of even with the people that are watching from you know from the distance. I just I'm so proud to be with you today. Just so happy to be a king and and a queen with you. It's just so good to be royalty in this world that God gave us. And so just be royalty today. And I, I wanted to talk about one defining moment that maybe somebody watching currently live or maybe somebody watching that, that uh, you know, uh, is watching it playback or whatever. I, I wanted to just encourage you that, if you don't know Jesus, man, what a better time than now. I'm telling you right now. I, I'm not going to tell you. you know, like, I, like I said, I was a criminal. I was a bad guy. I turned around. You know, but anybody can do that. Don't get me wrong. Anybody can do that. But the thing about Jesus, the thing about it for me is that I have a friend. And he's a good friend. He is there to listen to me when I pray. He's there when I'm down. He's there when I'm up. He's there when I'm lacking. He's there when I have abundance. He's there when I'm hungry. He's there when I'm full. He's always there. That's the beauty of this king that we we serve and that we love. And so, you know, like I said, anybody can turn their life around, but turning your life around with Jesus is... It's one, it's a lot easier. And two, it's just good to have a king who loves you. So if you don't know Jesus, I want to encourage you to just pray with us here in a couple minutes. And and uh I just want to tell you, like like I said, my life changed dramatically. It changed the first time when I was like nine or ten years old. I'm at the fairgrounds. There's another defining moment for you. That was the first time it changed my life. I did it at that point. I accepted Jesus into my life at that point. If I'm being honest, it was to get my mom off my back. And so I kind of did that. You know, it sounds bad, but that's just kind of how it went. But I did accept Jesus into my heart, but it was just not the right way yet. And then as a teenager, I did it again. And then... uh, 
as an adult, I had to re-take them in after I went off and did my own thing, I guess. So there's all these different ways that you can see. So if you don't know Jesus or if you've walked away from him and you're ready to get back in, in life with him, ready to get back in step with him, I'm just going to pray with you right now. And uh, you can just repeat after me or you can pray your own prayer. Um, I'm just going to go. So, Father, thank you for who you've made me to be. And Father, thank you for who you are as a father, as a son, and as the Holy Spirit. And Lord, I just want to lay down my old life and I want to stand up in the new life with you in my heart. So I accept you. I receive you. I love you. And I thank you for forgiving me of my sins. And I thank you for giving me a new life. In Jesus' name, amen. You guys are awesome. Like I said, if you accepted Jesus right now or if you gave yourself back to the Lord, hit it up in the comments. Let us all know because it's a great thing. Heaven celebrates with you this morning, and we want to celebrate with you this morning. There's a, a bunch of different ways. You could tell Pastor Terry through his email. Go to our website, newlifegf.org. You can comment again, like I said in the comments. You can uh, instant, uh, whatever, there are messages. There's, you can Facebook message us. You, there's a bunch of ways that you can tell us. And if you need prayer, hit us up there too on the Facebook or uh, on our Facebook page, or we got email, and we have, we have a, a prayer chain group that we actually pray for all the stuff that people request. We, we throw it out there, and uh, we pray, and we pray well because we pray to the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and he is who he says he is. So be blessed this week. Uh, be encouraged. Go out and create some defining moments and uh, live that good life. Amen? Amen. Bye.
see who hops on with us. It's always weird at first because nobody's on. Oh, there's Madalena. She said hello. Hi, Madalena. Could you put, uh, could you say something in the chat? Because I want to see something. Test. Is home. 